Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, let's go tonight to uh, the book of Isaiah 53. And uh, we want to continue with this that we've been looking at, trusting in healing redemption. And uh, uh, we're centering up on healing in in this series. Uh, You know, I thought this was going to be a one-off. This healing, I, I, the Lord told me one morning, I was up uh, uh, meditating on some things, and he said, I want you to teach today in healing school and trusting in healing redemption. And I thought, well, that'll be one, you know, we'll, we'll have one message on that. And, uh, well, 12 messages later, we're still working on it. But uh, uh, in any event, uh, so we're, we're centering up a lot on healing, but we're focusing on redemption as a whole all right i have to consistently place my trust in the healing that belongs to me through the redemptive work of christ I have to consistently place my trust in that all right now i'm going to read these to you from some different translations so uh, uh you can follow along in uh, isaiah 53 4 and 5 the leaser translation says, however, he was the one who lifted up our sicknesses and carried our pain, and we ourselves assumed him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted, but he was pierced because of our transgressions, uh, crushed because of our iniquities. The chastisement needful for our peace was upon him, and by his wounds we were healed. Amen. So basically Isaiah is saying this. He's saying, something happened to Jesus, so it doesn't have to happen to me. Amen. That's a very simple way to look at that. If it happened to him, it doesn't have to happen to me. Amen. Matthew 8, 16 and 17. The Matson translation says, he's taken our sicknesses from us. He's borne all of our, all of our infirmities. The Moffat says this, he took away our sicknesses and our diseases he removed. The New English Bible says, he took away our illnesses and lifted our diseases from us. I'm emphasizing that word our because th- th- this is so important. In uh, 1 Peter 2:24, his wounds were the means through which we received healing. His wounds have healed you. And we are healed because of his wounds. Oh, hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? This this is so important because if our means all of us in regard to our sin and our having been given a Savior, then it also means all of us in regard to sickness and having been given a divine healer. If it means all of us in regard to our sin, it means all of us in regard to our healing. Now what we see here is the whole redemptive package. Because notice, Isaiah says, not only did he take our sicknesses and our pains and our diseases, but it also says that he bore the punishment for our iniquities, for our transgression, and the chastisement that was needful to obtain peace between God and man. Then Jesus comes along in Matthew 8, and it says that when he healed all of them, it was so that it might be fulfilled that was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our diseases and carried our pain. And then Peter ties it up and puts a bow on it and says, he bore our sins in his body to the tree so that we that were dead to sin might live unto righteousness by whose stripes you are healed. Amen. Do you, do you see this? So it's, it's, the, it's the package of redemption. 
And anywhere you see the word our, it means that it was something that Jesus did for us. He did it vicariously for me. Vicariously means in the place of a, of a person or as a substitute. Amen. Anytime you see that, where he suffered as our substitute, he was doing it for me in my place, and healing was included. And healing was included. Tell your neighbor, healing was included. Now see, my mind has to constantly shift there. Because it requires a change in thinking. It requires a change in how you think. Not what you think, how you think. Amen. Somebody will say, what are you thinking? That's a loaded question. But how are you thinking? When you talk about redemption, how, how do you think about redemption? If you talk to a lot of believers, here's how they think about redemption. That Jesus shed his precious blood on the cross to save me from my sin. Absolutely correct and absolutely the most paramount part of that redemption. But here's how you've got to think about redemption. Is the same blood that saved me is the blood that healed me and the blood that prospered me and the blood that delivered me. It's, it's how I think. And so when I see what he did for me, he did it vicariously for me. Anytime I see where he suffered as my substitute, healing was included. Victory was included. Amen. In these verses, we see the finished work of redemption. And understand, it's not finished just because Jesus finished his earthly ministry. It's finished because it covered every part of our life. It's a finished work. Right? Not only does that mean that he doesn't have to suffer anymore, it means in the mind and the idea of God, the work is finished. There's nothing that has to be done it just has to be in simple faith received. Now, now here, this is where the change in mindset has to come in. God doesn't have to heal you. You just have to, in simple faith, receive what he says is already finished. When someone goes to God, a believer, and they say, Lord, please heal me, it's evidence that they are not aware of the redemptive package that's theirs. Because, because here's why. You're born again. Have you ever missed the mark since you were born again? You have, right? We all have. Well, and, and you ran to God, right, and said, Lord, save me. Please save me. Lord, save me. Save me. No. You were already saved. You went to God and said, I repent. I missed the mark. Forgive me. You didn't ask to be saved again. You're already saved. Well, would it stand to reason if I'm already saved, I'm already healed? I'm already blessed? Look, look over in 1 Peter chapter 2. Now see, this, it's, it's how I think and how I, in simple faith, receive it. Did I say 1 Peter or 2 Peter? 2 Peter, chapter 1. And uh, verse 3. According as his divine power. Well, let's go to verse 2 to get the complete import. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power has given unto us. Now. The us, who is the implied subject here? If, if, if I was writing you a letter and I said, so-and-so has given this to us, who would I be referencing? Myself and the person that the letter's being written to. All right? Is this written to us? According as God, according as his divine power, has given unto us, notice, all things. Is there anything left out of the word 
all. All things that pertain, here it is, to life and godliness. Hallelujah. Now, what do we see in Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, Matthew 8, 16 and 17, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. What do we see? All things that pertain to life and godliness. All things that pertain to life and godliness in those verses. Why? Because he, he took my sin in his body to the tree. He took my sickness in his body to the tree. He took my poverty in his body to the tree. He took my mental well-being in his body to the tree. Amen. And when I got born again, his divine power gave me all things that pertain to my life and my godliness. Were they given? I say, were they given? So if something's given to somebody, how are they going to enjoy what has been given? They have to receive it. Right? Listen, everybody in here knows, knows people or have known people that their mindset about their walk with God and, and their relationship with God is I'm just a sinner saved by grace, and they live like a sinner saved by grace, right? And, 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 and even if they're not living in sin, they're living defeated because they're not partaking of the all things. The Lord's been saying this to me recently. He said, he, he's been saying this over and over again. He said, if you don't partake of all that's in the redemptive package, you're leaving too much on the table. And he said this to me. He said, there are going to be people that when they get to heaven, they're going to be surprised how much they didn't walk in. Not us. Because we're going to walk in all of it. Amen. So he said, now notice, he said it's been given to us. All things that pertain unto life and godliness. How do we understand this? through the knowledge of him that's called us to glory and virtue the knowledge of him the knowledge of him the knowledge of what he did the knowledge of what he accomplished right that that that's how I understand this oh hallelujah do you see that and so when I understand this idea that the scriptures setting forth it becomes something of I have to understand how to receive it because it's already mine right I, I, I dealt with a, a gentleman one time and and he came in the foyer of the church and he came up to me and the, and and the enemy was really battling his mind and he came up to me and said, can I ask you something? I said, yes. And he started speaking in tongues. And I thought, well, maybe he's asking me in tongues. Maybe I need to, you know, I, I didn't know. But he looked at me. And, and, and when he started speaking in tongues to me, it was, uh, I knew it was the Holy Ghost. And he looked at me and he said, was that real? And I said, yes, brother, that was real. That was the Holy Ghost. That bore witness. The enemy was beaten on his mind that he wasn't saved. This guy had been born again for years. And the enemy had him in a place where he was starting to believe he wasn't even saved. You say, what'd you tell him? I said, brother, you're saved. Right? You're born again. You are saved. You can't just lose your salvation like you lose your car keys. It was paid for. I say it was paid for. It, it was given to you as a free gift. By simple faith, you received it. It's yours. Jesus said, I read it the other morning. Jesus said, nobody, by, the Greek says, no man, by any means, no man can snatch you out of my hand. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody said, well, that sounds like once saved, always saved. Well, once you're saved, you are saved. You're the righteousness of God until you decide not to be. If you decide to walk off, 
God will let you walk off because it was a gift. You can walk off from a gift anytime you want. God's not going to make you stay saved. No more than God's going to make you be healed or make you be prosperous. I have to receive in simple faith what has already been given to me according to the Word of God. Oh, hallelujah. That's what you did when you got born again. I don't know where everybody was when they got born again. I was eight years old sitting on the front row of a revival that my dad was preaching. Or that actually another man was preaching that night, A.J. Lewis. And, and I was standing there by my mom, right? And, and, you know, most people when they were eight, they had to look up at their mom. I just turned and looked her in the eye. And, and uh, <laughs> hallelujah. But in any event, I, I said, I, I, need, I, I need to go ask Jesus into my heart. And I walked up, and A.J. Lewis led me to the Lord. I was eight years old. How much sinning can you do in eight years? Not much, but I came to the understanding, I need Jesus. I came to the understanding, I'm a sinner. I, I had no theological training. I don't even know that he had went through the salvation prayer or talked about getting saved that night. I just knew in simple faith, I need to receive this. It was the easiest thing in the world to receive it. I went up unsaved and went back to my seat saved. The same thing happened to you. Wherever you were at, you entered that situation unsaved, and by the end of the day, you were saved. And you know that you're so saved right now that they couldn't beat it out of you with a hockey stick. I am saved. Amen. Because you just, in what? Simple faith, received it. Well, that's one of the all things. That's not all things. That opened the door to all things. Right? There's more things. And how do I receive those? Simple faith. Jesus always likened faith, he best described it as a child receiving. Amen. I've raised a number of children and I'm raising one. And, 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 and here's the thing that, I've that I understand, especially about my five-year-old. She has complete faith in me that I'll do what I said. And she just in simple faith receives it. If I say we're going here tomorrow, she just goes, okay. And she goes, tells mommy, daddy said we're going here tomorrow. <laughs> they went out to eat the other night and Pastor Michelle got a certain uh, uh, some frosted lemonade or something like that. And uh, uh, Lily had a sip and she kept wanting to have more. And Pastor Michelle said, no, no, I'm going to take this away, uh, you know, because you need to do yours. And Lily looked at her and said, now, do you want me to tell daddy that you wouldn't share with me? <laughs> That has nothing to do with my sermon. It's just cute. Am I helping you? All things. We see those all things in the book of Isaiah. Now notice, in, uh, we read 1 Peter 2.24. The, the uh, Weist Bible goes into this a little deeper and, and explains the word strife. It says, by means of whose bleeding stripe, and then in parentheses, he, he, he gives the commentary. The word stripe is in the singular here, a picture of our Lord's back after the scourging, one mass of raw, quivering flesh with no skin remaining, trickling with blood. Notice, you were healed. Now that's important, because Isaiah says, you are healed. Matthew 8 says Jesus healed that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by Isaiah. What was spoken by Isaiah? You are healed. Then Peter comes along and he says by means of that bleeding strife, you were healed. Isaiah says are. Peter says were. Now, this is important. According to these verses, it is on record that we were healed. Right? We were. If you're going to believe you are, you have to believe you were. If you don't believe you were, you're not going to believe you are. If, if you believe you were, then you believe you are.
But if you're not going to believe you were, you won't believe you are. I am, tell your neighbor, I am healed. That's it. Am, is, are, was, were. State of being verb. I am saved. Right? I am saved. That's state of being. I am saved. You were healed. You are healed. Why are you healed? Because you were healed. It's on record. Say it out loud. It's on record that I was healed by his stripes. Look at John chapter 20. And, and I want you to understand something. This is not something you're trying to talk yourself into. It's just something you're with simple faith receiving. I received this. I was healed by his stripes. And because I was, I am. All right? See, my confession now is am. I am. I was, so I am. John chapter 20 and... Uh, this is uh, when Jesus had appeared earlier to the disciples. And verse 24 says, Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples said, we've seen the Lord. But he said, except I see that in his hand the print of the nails, put my finger in the print of the nails and thrust my hand to his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again, his disciples were within and Thomas with them, then came Jesus, the door being shut, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. Walk through the door, walk through the wall. John, I believe, or, or uh, Matthew, I believe, uh, tells us that he came through the door, came through the wall. But in, in any event, he walks in the room, and he says to Thomas, reach hither your finger, behold my hand, reach hither your hand, thus into my side, do not be faithless, but believing. Thomas said unto him, my Lord, my God. Jesus said, you believe, you, you, because you've seen, you believe. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. The Weiss Bible says, then he says to Thomas, be reaching here your finger and see my hands. Reach here your hand and put it into my side. Now watch this. And call a halt to your progressive state of unbelief, but become one who is believing. Oh, hallelujah. Now, this is Jesus' glorified body. That's his glorified body. By the time he comes into this room, he's ascended to the Father and placed his blood on the mercy seat, and then he comes back to spend 40 days with the disciples to tune them up and get them ready for what's coming. So in his glorified body, he walks through this wall and he goes to Thomas in his glorified body and says, look, put your finger in the holes in my hand. Put your hand in my side. And don't be faithless, but believe. Call a halt to your progressive unbelief and become one that's believing. Right? And Thomas said, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said, you believe because you've seen. Now watch. Blessed are those that have believed and they haven't seen. Now, that, that is preached far and wide in faith messages, and it's right. But notice something. In Jesus' glorified body that he presently possesses at the right hand of the Father are holes in his hands, holes in his feet, a wound in his side, a hole in his side, and we can say by virtue of that, scars on his back. Hallelujah. Those wounds, those holes, those are his badge of honor. Amen. They are proof that he went to the full extent. They are a record that something was paid for. They're a record that something was paid for. Do, do you see this? At the right hand of the Father 
in the body of Christ, we have a record that we were paid for where our sin was concerned and that our sicknesses were taken on him as well. And by those wounds that are now healed, but the scars are evidence that when that happened, we were healed. Oh, hallelujah. And then notice what he says. He says, You're, you, you, you believe because you saw. Blessed are those that believe and they haven't seen. Right? Well, that was all of us because we believed and never saw the wounds. But it's further here. There are people that they think healing occurs when they feel healed. That's the Thomas kind of faith. At, at this point, Thomas' faith changed. All right? I'm not being harsh. I'm saying there are people that will say, well, I believe he paid for my healing, but if that's so, why am I not healed? No, he said, you are and you were. If he said, you are and you were, then you are. Whether you feel it, see it, right? Because are you, did you wake up, the, now, now don't answer this too quick, did you wake up this morning and feel saved? I can help you. Probably not, because how do you feel saved? I woke up and knew I was saved, whether I felt it or not. So when you woke up this morning, you gotta, you get up out of your bed tomorrow morning, you gotta know you're healed whether you feel healed or not. Because why? There's a record that stripes were taken on his back for my healing. If, did he take the stripes? If he took the stripes, the sickness was laid on him. If the sickness was laid on him, he took the sickness to the tree and carried it off under the blood of Jesus. If the stripes were laid, the sickness was laid, the sickness went to the cross, and I was redeemed from the sickness. Hallelujah. The marks on his body are part of the record that the price for redemption was paid. He's no longer suffering. But there's a record of his suffering in his body. Listen, when Brother Hagin, when, 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 in Rockwall, Texas, I think 1952, I think is when it was, and, and the Lord called him up to heaven, and it was in that moment that the Lord put his, his index finger in the palms of his hands and said, I'm giving you a tangible healing anointing and told him how to operate in it. And it was in, it was in that, that visitation that he had been on his face before Jesus with his hands under his head on Jesus' feet. And he said, Jesus said, stand up right on your feet. And he said, I said, Lord Jesus, no one as unworthy as I should look in your face. And he said, he said, he said, Jesus said something, and he said he wasn't nice about it. He said, I died to make you righteous. Stand up on your feet. And he said, I stood up on my feet, and he said, he said, he said, when I looked down at his feet, I could see the holes in his feet. He said, when Jesus would hold out his hand, the light would shine through the holes in his hand. He said those holes were big as a silver dollar in his hand. My point in saying that, there's a record. There's a record. If you saw the wounds in his hands and his feet, there would be no doubt in your mind that you were born again. Look how he suffered. Well, there's, there's scars on his back that says, I'm healed. Amen. I am just as healed as I am saved. Oh, glory. Because he suffered the price for physical sickness in his physical body, there's no reason for his body on the earth to suffer with sickness. Hallelujah. 
notice Matthew chapter 4. Oh, we're doing good on time too. We might just get done. This, this, is, this, this, makes, you, um, this makes you respond with an intensity that many people don't respond with. Because it's already mine. When, when I believe I'm healed, it changes the response. It, it becomes where I feel like there's a trespass here. Matthew chapter 4. Now, we're going to read three verses. We're not going to read everything the devil said. I want to read Jesus' response. And let, let me say, in verse 3, the King James says, When the tempter came to him, he said, If you're the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. In, in the Greek, in the original Greek, it, it reads this way. In light of the fact that you are the Son of God. See, this, this the, the, the King James is my, I, it's what I study in and, and, and use. But in, in some instances, they miss the import of some things. The devil knew he was the Son of God. There was no if, if you're the Son of God. He knew. He came and he said, in light of the fact that you are the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. Well, that's how the enemy comes all the time. Well, you're saying you're healed. Well, if you're healed, why do you feel bad? If you're healed, why is that pain still there? And here's what a majority of believers do. They give, they give, they give way to the symptom. They give way, right, to the feeling. But notice what Jesus said. He answered and said, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Verse 7, he had told him to jump off the temple. Jesus said, it's written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Verse 9, the devil said, all these things I'll give you, you'll fall down and worship me. Jesus said, get hence, Satan, it's written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Now, in the Greek, Jesus answered this way, it is written, and at present, it is on record. Now, this is important. There's a record of what is written. Everything that, that was written that God said is still presently on record. I'll say that again because I've got to say it enough ways so you'll get it. You didn't get it yet. Everything that's written is presently on record. What is written? By his stripes, you are healed. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken to the prophet Isaiah. Himself took our infirmities and carried our sicknesses. And with his stripes, we are healed. Himself took our sin in his body to the tree. So that we that, are dead, that were dead to sin might live unto righteousness. By whose stripes you were healed. It is on record that you were healed, so it's on record that you are healed. It's on record. It's on record. That's why if you go to God and you say, oh, Lord, I need you to heal me, the Father will say, you just need to receive what's already been done because that's what's on record. God goes by what's on record. God doesn't move by, by, by virtue of need. God doesn't move by virtue of, of even, and, and hear me when I say this, he doesn't just move on virtue of, by virtue of what we want. He moves by virtue of what's on record. Amen. You're, when you get this, your days of worry about anything are done. Because this covers all things that pertain to life and godliness. Right? Amen. Do, do you see that? We, we've talked about our children. We've talked about our grandchildren. When, when you get this, those days of worrying are done. Because he will contend with them that contend with me and he'll save my children. That is written. If it's written, where's it at? On record. 
And so when you go, that's why he said, put me in remembrance of my word. Because I move based on what is written, and what is written is on record. So God can go to the record book and find out what is already ours. Well, he knows what's already mine. Yes, he does. But he consults the record book. Come now, let us reason together. Even though your, skin, your sins are red as scarlet, based on what's on record, I'll wash them white as snow. Right? Put me in remembrance of my word. Well, what, what, when I put him in remembrance of his word, what am I doing? Confessing his word. I'm saying the same thing. Father, this is what you said in your word. This is what you said. So this is what is presently on record. I'm not trying to make something happen. I'm declaring what has already happened. I'm declaring what's already mine in the mind of God. I'm declaring what's already mine according to the record. Oh, hallelujah. So it's written... And it's presently on record. What is written and presently on record? That with his stripes you were healed. So when you approach God in simple faith, receiving healing is not difficult because it's already yours. Amen. See, that's, that was the difference between Brother Hagin and a lot of ministers during the days of the voice of healing. Brother Hagen, when, when, when you go back and, and you, uh, you, you, you watch different videos and you watch A.A. A. Allen and Jack Coe, wonderful men of God, but their messages were always uh, uh, about how Jesus healed and, you know, you can get healed tonight by the laying on of hands, by the gifts that are in operation, and, and you watch them. They'd take people by the head and do all kind of gymnastics and just pray and pray. They would pray till that anointing came down and that anointing, that gift would begin to operate and that person would get healed. It's phenomenal. They knew how to hang on. Amen. Brother Allen, I watched him pray for a lady one time and, and she was deaf and he had his finger in her, in her ear and, and he went to lay hands on her and he said, you foul deaf spirit, come out of this woman. And, 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 he, and he prayed for her and he goes, nope, didn't, didn't come out. Still there. You say, what did he do? Boy, he slapped his hands on her again. I told you to come out. And in a minute, you saw that woman go, whoo, and you knew it, something happened. Now, here comes Brother Hagin teaching, you got to receive your healing by faith based on what Jesus has already done for you. See, because here's the thing. If you get healed by a gift, you have to believe what you receive belongs to you to keep it. Because if you, if, if you don't maintain that mindset that this, this is mine by legal right. You understand? Because what you get by a gift, you've got to learn to keep by faith. But here's the thing. If you get it by faith, you don't have to learn to keep it by faith. You know how you got it. How, do you, how does faith come? By hearing what is written and what is on record. That builds your faith. It's on, you mean it's on record? See, there are things that you have faith that there's no record of. There's no record of your sin. Doesn't exist. Amen. I've been listening to this wonderful podcast called Escaping Hell. With, with Miss Annette and, and my wife. And, 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 you know, I've lived with Pastor Michelle to be 29 years Friday. We've been married 29 years. And when I hear her testimony, I still have a hard time believing that same person. Even though I know it is. But here's the thing. It's not the same person. There's no record. Of the, of, of, of the girl that shot dope and prostituted and, right, and was depressed and violent and self-harming. There's no record. That person doesn't exist. Now think about this. There's no record. It is not written. It is not on record. What is on record? 
that she bowed her knee to Jesus Christ. That night in Goodlettsville, Tennessee, in that little Pentecostal church, when the man of God said, do you want help? And she stood up and said, I want help. She received Jesus into her life. And what was written in the record book on that day was that Michelle, at that time Cosby, received Jesus Christ into her life and became a brand new creature. Her sins were taken as far as the east is from the west. They were put in the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered against her again. No record. What is there a record of? That they were forgiven, washed away. What there's no record of, I don't have to be concerned about. What I have to be concerned about is what there's a record of. Because to receive what's mine, I got to know there's a record of it. Mm. Look at Hebrews 10. We got about 10 minutes. You're not going to dock me, right? I pray, and I know you are because you are a receiving group of people. I pray that you're receiving this because it changes your viewpoint. In Hebrews chapter 10, we'll, we'll read verse 5 and 7. I'm, for the sake of time, I want to read it to you from the Woost Bible. The Weast Bible. Wherefore, when coming into the world, he says, Jesus says, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. In whole burnt offering for sin, you took no pleasure. Then I said, I come in the volume of the book. Watch. It stands written concerning me. To do your will, O oh God. It stands written concerning me. Jesus said, I come to do what's been written of me. Now think about that. Jesus came and did what was on record that he would do. That's important. Because the, here, here's the thing. Everything Jesus did was what had been written of him. John chapter 9, he healed the man born blind. The disciples said, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus said, none of them. And, and you remember, he healed him. Healed him by, healed him, healed him by a, a miracle. Sent him to wash in the pool of Siloam. And it says he went and washed and came for sin. Right? And remember when he was with the religious leaders? They were contesting with him, arguing with him. And they said, give God glory. This man's a sinner. And the man said, watch. The man said, isn't this a wonderful thing? Now watch. He said, it is not written that any man would open blind eyes. But he said, now watch. He said, it is written that the Messiah would do that. What was written was that, look through your Old Testament. Study it for yourself. You'll see I'm right. There's no record of blind eyes healed in the Old Testament. None. There's not one blind eye healed in the, New Testament, in the Old Testament. Why? Messiah hadn't come. That was something reserved for him that was supposed to make his people, Israel, believe in him. It was a sign to believe in him. He could open blind eyes. Well, why did he open blind eyes? It was written of him. It was on record. This is what he's going to do. They should have seen him do that and realized what was written and said, that's the one. That's the one we've been waiting on. He did what was written of him. He will still do what's written of him. Because it's on record. When you in simple faith receive it. When you in simple faith say, I receive my healing. What you're saying is not, God, heal me and I receive the fact that you're going to heal me right now. It's, Lord, I recognize that I already have it. It's already mine. I receive it. Glory to God. But I have to accept the higher standard of that. Remember Matthew 8, 16, and 17? It said that what was spoken might be fulfilled, that he healed 
all that were there so that the prophecy of Isaiah would be fulfilled that was spoken of him? Now notice, so Jesus wasn't healing just because he felt bad for people. Yes, he had compassion, and that drove him. But why did, why did Matthew say he was healing? That it might be fulfilled. In other words, it was a sign to the people, I am who I say I am, and this is Isaiah's prophecy being fulfilled in me. Oh, hallelujah. Healing has to rest on clear grounds. Healing has to rest on clear grounds. Healing was purchased at Calvary. Has to rest on clear grounds. Isaiah states that the suffering servant, Jesus, would bear sickness in the same way he would bear sin, vicariously. He was to suffer for our sin and our sicknesses. Healing has to have clear grounds. I have to have ground to stand on to be healed. What ground is there? He took my sin and he took my sickness in his body. Clear grounds. I have legal ground to stand on to call myself healed. I mentioned our anniversary earlier. She has legal, she has legal ground to stand on to call herself Mrs. Philip Steele. Why? There's something on record. If you go back to Ashland, City, Tennessee, way up in the hills. If you ever go to Ashland City, you got to be wanting to go there. Amen. We, we, she got off work one day. At, she worked at the hospital. I worked at the Piggly Wiggly. I, I was a meat cutter at the Piggly Wiggly. I know y'all thought I came out preaching. I, I, I was still preaching then, preaching meat cutter. Uh, she, she came, picked me up in a stolen car. She didn't steal it. See, that trying to make that okay. I didn't steal it, but it's still stolen. Picked me up in a stolen Chrysler Fifth Avenue. And we drove to Ashland City, Tennessee with, uh, with uh, our little boy in between. us, four years old. And uh, 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 we went there and stood before the justice of the peace. And he married us on September 30th, 1993. Amen. Well, here's something that, that there was a certificate. There was a, there was a license. There was a marriage certificate that was filled out. And it said on September 30th, 1993, that Philip and Michelle Steele, Philip Steele and Michelle Cosby were joined in holy matrimony. Right? And it said, sign this day, September 30th, 1993. And it has the seal of the court. And he looked at us and he gave us one and he took one and he said, this is for your records. And he said, I will file this. And it's on record, you're married. You are now Mr. and Mrs. Philip Steele. That's on record. You can dispute it all you want. There's a record. She is not going to be Mrs. Philip Steele. She became Philip, Mrs. Philip Steele September 30th, 1993. So right here on September 28th, 2022, she is Mrs. Philip Steele. Because what she became is what she is. When you got born again, you became saved, but you became healed. What you became, you still are. Oh, hallelujah. Did you see that? If our, I said this earlier, but I want you to see this. If our means all in regard to our sin and our being given a Savior, it also means all of us in regard to sickness and our having been given a divine healer, a divine provider. Hallelujah. You, you don't have to go there, but you remember 1 Corinthians 15. 45, it said that the first man, the first man, Adam, was out of the earth, that he was earthy. It says the second man, the, the, the last Adam, came, and that he was, the, 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 I like the, the Woos Bible, 
It says, the second man is out of heaven as a source. As is the dust of the earth in character, so are those who are of the earthly origin. As is that which is heavenly in character, such also are those who are of heavenly origin. When you were born into this earth, you were born with a connection to the curse. You were born with a connection to the fall. You were born with a connection to sin. You were a born sinner. You didn't become a sinner. You were a sinner when you were born again. Because you were born after the similitude of Adam's transgression. Oh, hallelujah. But, and, and so subject to the curse. I had no say over whether or not sickness came on me. I had no say over whether or not pain and bodily infirmity came on me. But there came a day, there came a second man from heaven, the last Adam. And the Bible says that he went to the cross. And Galatians 3.13 says he redeemed me from the curse. But what he did was he struck the connection between me and the curse. He severed it. It no longer exists. The umbilical cord between me and the curse, it, me and the curse is not there anymore. It doesn't exist. I don't get my life from the world anymore. I get my life from the nature of God. And that's why I can expect Him to heal me. That's why I can expect Him to, to keep His word because I'm hooked up to that divine life. Oh, hallelujah. The Woos Bible says, And even as we bore the derived image of that which is earthly, we shall bear the derived image of that which is heavenly. When? Right now. Right now. Right now. It's severed. I, I, this is important. <laughs> Sin was the core issue. Why? Sin, Adam's sin, opened the door to the curse. And with the curse came sickness. With the curse came poverty. With the curse came, came uh, 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 every, every, every malady known to man. So Jesus had to come, and the first thing he had to deal with was the sin problem. And the Bible says he dealt perfectly with the sin problem, that he took sin out of the way. Well, what does that mean? There's... There's no sin big enough to stop anybody from being born again. Because the sin problem has been taken out of the way. What, what does that mean? It's not a problem. Somebody dealt with it. If, if you don't want to sin anymore, all you got to do is get saved. It's out of the way. Now, he also redeemed me from the curse. Right? Re redeemed. Agorizo, it means to buy back, to pay the highest price imaginable, to buy a slave out of its suffering, and to buy a slave out of its, out of its hurt and out of its pain. Jesus stepped into the slave market of this world and stepped into the slave market of sin and paid the price. He became a slave to sin so that you and I could be free to be a servant of righteousness. And when he did that, he severed the connection. Doesn't exist anymore. It's foreign to the believer. Sin is foreign to the believer. Sickness is foreign to the believer. Poverty is foreign to the believer. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. You know, I hear people talking, you know, we need some preachers with guts. That'll, that'll preach right living. We need some preachers with guts that'll preach redemption. Amen. It, it, take, it takes more spiritual tenacity to preach about what you were given in redemption than it does to try to, try to preach holiness into people that are already holy. Trying to preach righteousness into people that are already righteous. That's why when we, when we preach here, we don't talk to you about your failures. We don't talk to you about your sin. We don't talk to you about, uh, we talk to you like who you are. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If you don't hear it, you won't think it. And if you won't think it, you won't do it. And if you won't do it, you'll never enjoy the benefits of it. 
I'm telling you that when Jesus saved you, he healed you. When Jesus saved you, he blessed you. When Jesus saved you, he redeemed you. When Jesus saved you, he broke every chain. He broke every rope. He broke every fetter. You are free, 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 never to be in bondage again. The devil can't put you in bondage. The world can't put you in bondage. People can't put you in bondage. He that the Son has set free is free. Free. Yeah, but you don't know what I did. But I know what God did. I know what's on record. What you did is not on record. What he did is on record. My God, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. Oh, glory. Oh, hallelujah. Woo. I told you I was after run. What he did is on record. Not what I did. And it's in bad taste for you to act like something you did that he forgot is stronger than what he paid for. I'll close with this. We might run again. Folks, this is my anointing. I, Revelation 20, 12 through 15. You, you, you can write it down if you want to. But he makes a statement. In, in, and of course, Revelation, in Revelation chapter 20, the scene is heaven. And it talks about the, the sea and, and the earth and, and hell and death, giving up all the dead that was in them. And it says, and the books were opened. And it says, the dead, small and great, were judged out of the books. And then it says this, and another book was opened called the book of life. Amen. And it says this, whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Now, here's what I want you to see. The, the Greek says, whoever was not found recorded in the book of life. Now think about this. Here's what, I'm, here's what I want you to see. There's a record. There's a written record of who's redeemed and who's not redeemed. It's recorded, right? So listen, does, does this not stand to reason that if it's recorded that I was born again, then it's recorded that I was healed? And isn't that wonderful that it's called the book of life? Yeah, yeah, uh, of course, because I got eternal life and healing life and prosperity life and victory life. When, when we say we have the very life and nature of God, think about this. Is God sick? Is Jesus sick? And I have that nature and that life? I have the Zoe life of God on the inside of me? When you see this, you'll start working with healing instead of against it. You work against healing when you ask God to do something for you that's already yours. Oh, Lord, heal my body. Wait, it's on record that you're healed. Now, think about this. God can't do more than he's already done. He can't save you any more than you're saved. He can't make you more righteous than you are. Or more holy. Or more set apart. Or more sanctified. Well, but I, he can make me more healed. No, he can't. Because in his mind, you're as healed as you're ever going to be. It's an issue of in simple faith receiving it. And once you see this, you'll quit working against it.
Can I, can I say one more thing before we go home? And, 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 and that's why when you're confessing, you know, people say, well, I'm confessing my healing scriptures. Here, here's, you're agreeing with what God says you are. Not confessing those scriptures to try to get God to make you what God says you already are. Because confession, it's the word homologia. Homologia. Homo, same. Logia, words. Same words. Right? I'm speaking the same words God said about me. So when you say, I'm the healed of the Lord. What are you saying? People say, well, I'm, I'm confessing because, because I need healing. Mm -mm -mm -mm. I'm the healed of the Lord. Homologia. I'm saying the same thing. God says I'm healed, so my confession, my words are the same. I'm healed. Now, you should confess the word every day, but you're not confessing the word trying to be something God says you already are. You're confessing the word, strengthening your faith that you are that. Amen. Glory to God. You know, my wife doesn't walk around and go to people and go, I am Mrs. Philip Steele. I am. James, I am. I am. Hear me saying it? I am. She can say that till Jesus returns. And she's not going to be any more my wife. Why? It is on record. This is, this is Mrs. Irma Simpson. She will never be any more Irma Simpson. Because whenever they were married, she became all Irma Simpson. There's no part of her that's not Irma Simpson. There's no part of her that's not Michelle Steele. Can't be anymore Michelle Steele. Amen. Glory to God. Did, did you get that? And, and, and she will damage our relationship if she keeps trying to make herself more of what I know she already is. Damage the relationship. Honey, don't I love you enough? Have I not blessed you enough? You're my wife. You will always be my wife. Remember the prodigal son's brother? This guy went out and wasted all of his money. See, he forgot something. In the pig pen, he was the father's son. Wanting to eat the slop, he was the father's son. The failure didn't change who he was. And when he came back home, the father was looking for his son. Not for a failure. Not for a backslidden sinner. And that's why when the son came and said, Father, forgive me, he said, done, bring the robe, bring the ring, put shoes on his feet. My son is alive. Right? Isn't, isn't that right? And they killed the fatted calf, and they're having a party, and it says the boy showed up, and he heard music and dancing. They must have been clogging or something because they could hear him dancing. <laughs> I guess. But remember what the, the oldest boy said? Remember what he said? He said, I've worked for you all these years, and you never gave me a party. Now watch, this is important. And the father said, son, everything I own is yours. You could have had a party anytime you wanted. Your brother was dead, and now he's alive. But you could have, you ne you could have been living in this life the whole time. You know, we don't know his response. We don't know if he repented. The Bible doesn't tell us. But he said what we needed to hear. Everything I have is yours. Is God your father? Is he? Everything your father has is yours. Everything. All you got to do is go get it. Yeah, but I, I failed. I know. And, and that boy got out of the pig pen and came fresh from the pig pen and probably smelled like the pig pen. And if you've never been around a pig pen, I've been around a pig pen. 
it stinks. When you get close to it, you'll smell like a hog. And he came home with that stink all over him. And his father said, my son, my son. Why? Because at the father's heart, he's what? Forgiveness. He never quit being his son. You're not not healed because you're dealing with a symptom. You're healed, and the perfection of your healing is driving it out of your body. Don't work against that. Don't work against that. Let's stand up tonight, shall we? I, I went a little over.